0: Acts chapter 21, verses 7 through 14. Today we are in Acts chapter 21, verses 7 through 14. I'm going to read 7 through 14, all in one shot, and then I'm going to talk to you about, I think, a subject that, um, excuse me, it's difficult to actually understand, and I think it's even harder to apply, but it's life-forming and it's transformational. Beginning in verse 7 of Acts 21. Luke is writing, and he talks about the missionary journey of the Apostle Paul and him, and it says, we continued on our voyage from Tyre and landed at Ptolemy, where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed with them for a day. Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. Isn't that cool, by the way? After we had been there for a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt. He tied his own hands and feet with it and said, The Holy Spirit says in this way the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. God, I pray that your word that we read this morning would speak to our hearts. I pray any distractions that we have in our minds would be cleared. And I pray that your spirit would have full access to each one of us this morning. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Today, I'm talking about being all in. I want to talk to you about being all in. The message today that you just saw is that the church in motion is all in for Jesus. When we look at the church through the book of Acts, we see a group of people that were all in for Jesus. Different different experiences, different circumstances, different conversations, different individuals, different miracles, different examples of life. They were all in based on where they lived, how they lived, their economic situation. They were all in for Jesus. The term all in is not an uncommon phrase or or word. The the term is not an uncommon term that that we are unaware of, right? When you've heard the term all in, I'm sure you've heard this before at different times in your life, being all in for Jesus or just being all in in general. It's a term we use in a lot of different capacities in this world. Sporting events, athletes, we ask the question are they all in, right? You can see this are they all in? Because no one wants to have an athlete that isn't all in. When they are on that field, they better be all in, right? Especially these professional guys, right? I mean, they make millions and millions of dollars. You know, you're not going to pay a guy to go up on the field and they say, you know, hike or whatever numbers they throw. And the guy just says, look at the bird. Like that's not going to happen. They're going to play. They're going to be all in. Sporting is a big thing that we use. Education. Schooling. Are you all in? Because if you're all in, you can fulfill your hopes and your dreams and, and you, can, you can go to whatever college that you want or you can build anything that you want to build and teachers are looking for students that are all in. They energize teachers when they see kids that are all in. I think about the term all in when I think about investments and financial security. Are you all in in your investments? You know, when you put that money in that account, in that retirement account, are you all in? Like you give it to someone to manage and, you know, and right now it's been a really bad time to watch what's happening in the financial world. You know, I have this, this amazing ability to put money into something right before it tanks, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't always happen, but I was like, yeah, you, you want to watch what to do? Just watch what I do and do the opposite. I'm just I'm all in. You know, another thing people ask this question all the time is in relationships. Are you all in in your relationship? Especially as a spouse, as a husband or a wife, someone makes a decision to be engaged. You know, I mean, what does it mean to be all in? You know, just because you have a ring on your finger doesn't mean you're all in really doesn't. It says you're supposed to be, but it doesn't mean that you are. But relationships speak to the concept of being all in. Are you really all in? And lastly, and I'm sure there are others, but Christianity also fits this as well. Are you really in? Are you all in for Jesus? In this passage, we get a glimpse of the way the Apostle Paul saw his life. His response by many people could be interpreted as him being all all in. But here's the thing that I want you to hear this morning. Just because he was willing to die for Jesus doesn't mean that was the measure of what it means to be all in. Now, you might go, what are you talking about? Like, he was willing to go to Jerusalem. Because we see what happened in the story, right? That they left Tyre. They went to a new place. They were greeted by brothers and sisters. The next day, they reached Caesarea. They went to this house where Philip the Evangelist was. Philip was one of the six that you see back in Acts um, one of the seven. Um, he was one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters that were prophesying. There was all this spiritual stuff. And then this guy shows up who's a prophet named Agabus. And instead of giving this beautiful message of prophetic utterance to what's happening in the future, he grabs Paul's belt. He ties his own wrists with it. And he goes, Paul, when you leave and you go, this is what the leaders of Jerusalem are going to do to you. And they're going to hand you over to the authorities. Now, how many of you want that kind of prophecy? How many of you want that kind of prophecy about what your future is going to look like in ministry? Not, to encouraging. The people looked at Paul and they said, we don't want you to go. What can we do to stop you and prevent you from going? And Paul's response we saw was very, very clear. In verse 13, he said, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm ready not only to be bound, but to also die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord. So when you look at his response, it's easy for us to understand or to think in our mind, Paul was all in for Jesus because he was willing to go to his grave for Christ. And I want you to hear this morning... That does not mean, that does not mean that Paul was all in for Jesus. What does it mean to be all in for Jesus? Here's my interpretation of what truly being all in means. Being all in for Jesus isn't about being willing to die for him someday. It's about choosing to die to ourselves every day. If you want to be all in for Christ, don't talk about being willing to die for him someday talk about your willingness. Talk about your willingness to die to yourself every day. That's what it means to be all in. And if you really think about it across every area of our life, this applies. We're not all in because we're willing to do something sensational for God down the road. I'm not all in because I know we've heard this before. I grew up in churches that talked about, you know, missionaries that are in places of the world where, you know, they come in and, um, and you know, when people have guns and they threaten you with their lives and, and all these things are happening and, and people are like, I will stand for the gospel and I'll give my life for Jesus. And in that moment, there's courage and bravery to stand on what you believe. But just because you are willing to go to the grave for Jesus in that moment doesn't mean during your life, you've been all in. It just means you're doing something heroic, courageous, and brave in the end. You hear what I'm saying? There's a difference. There's a really, really big difference. Now here's the part about this that I think is really incredible because after an examination of Paul's life after meeting Jesus, it reveals example after example of his choice every day to die to himself so that Christ could live through him. So in Paul's case, choosing to die in Jerusalem should that have been God's will isn't necessarily the reason why he was all in but it was the result of him being all in through his life does that make sense that is so powerful and I've been going through this this week and I'm just going Lord how does this apply to me how does it apply to the church every day because if we gave a scenario that people came into our church, and there are, there are brothers and sisters all over the world today that are worshiping God at the, the risk of losing their life or being in prison, thrown in jail, all these things, and we go, those people are all in for Jesus because they're willing to do it at the expense of their own personal freedom. But it doesn't mean that they're all in. It just means that they would choose bravery and courage in that moment. The challenge that we have this morning is not to ask ourselves whether or not we would be willing to die for Jesus someday. The challenge and the question this morning I ask you and I ask myself is are we willing to choose to die to ourselves every day? That's what it means to be all in. That's what it means to live a life that is all in for Jesus. We see glimpses of this all through Paul's life. We see glimpses. He speaks about this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, when he says this about his decision. He says to the people of Galatia, he says, I have been, say it with me, crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. Now, has he physically been on a cross? No. What is he talking about? I have been crucified with Christ. Look what he says, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is a picture, a snapshot of Paul speaking to the believers in Galatia. And what he's saying to them is, do you understand though I'm living, though I'm breathing, though I'm walking around, my life is not my own. Each day he has to make a choice to remind himself that he is dead so that Christ may live in him. That's the message of the scripture. That's why the church in motion in acts we see is a church that's all in for Jesus because every day when they put their feet on the ground every day and we have to do the same thing. When our feet touch the ground, we ask ourselves, I may be willing to die for Jesus someday, but am I willing to die to myself today? Every day, that is a challenge you and I need to ask of ourselves. Every day, it's an opportunity for us to be who God has called us to be. Every day. This is a really hard message for me to hear. I mean, I was going through this week and I was just grieved in my heart because Our private lives need to reflect our public and vice versa. We can do anything we want in public. We can say whatever we want in public. We can put on any face we want in public. But here's what I know. I know that there are people that are hearing this this morning that aren't all in for Jesus. I know that there are probably sins that people wrestle with with, that they're not doing anything about. I know that there are probably relationships that have stayed broken because you've not addressed them. I know there's probably conflict and bitterness that actually continues because people aren't being forgiving towards each other. I know there are marriages that are falling apart because people aren't coming before Christ and dying to themselves instead of they're raising themselves up. And the list goes on and on and on. Not because bridge is some unique group of people because we're all human. I could say that about any group of people to anybody that I've ever met. I know that we are in places of brokenness in our lives, and every day we have to ask ourselves when we get up, not are we willing to die for Jesus someday, are we willing to die to ourselves today? Isn't this what the whole point of marriage is supposed to be? I don't wear this ring because I just like the look on my finger, though my finger has gotten chubbier over the years and it doesn't come off easy. It's harder for me to get. Actually, I've never taken it off in 27 and a half years, but, um, and I learned that from my dad. Sorry. But I would venture to say that my wife is less interested in the fact that I've never taken my ring off in 27 and a half years and more interested and how I show my commitment to her every day. Am I right? I would venture to say that my wife could care less about me honoring and celebrating our anniversary one day a year if I'm not honoring and caring for her the other 364. Am I right? Yeah, all the ladies are like, darn right. (laughs) Being all in Is not an event and it's not about looking at the destination. It's about focusing on the moment. Are you all in? Am I all in for Jesus? Can I tell you the way I'm all in for Jesus? The answer to that doesn't mean, well, if I'm going to be all in for Jesus, I need to come to church every Sunday and I need to read a scripture or a chapter of the Bible every single day and I need to make sure I'm giving exactly what the pastor says I'm giving financially, because if I'm not doing all of those things I'm not all in. I need to be serving in the church, and if I'm not doing that, then I'm not. You can do all of those things and still not be all in for Jesus. Do you hear my heart? This is so important for us to understand. We see examples of that in Scripture across the board. The Pharisees were all in in understanding Scripture, weren't they? They understood every little detail in the Old Testament. They memorized the scriptures. And Jesus said, you're whitewashed tombs. Because though you know the word of God, you don't know the God of the word. Or when Jesus talks about those that do the large sensational things. I would die for you, Lord. They come to him one day. He says, in those days, there will be those that come and say, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not raise the sick or or raise the dead and heal the sick in your name? And what did Jesus say? In those days, I will come to you and I will say, away from me. I never knew you. So the big things don't mean you're all in. The little things don't necessarily mean that you're all in. What means you're all in is the posture and the position of your heart and my heart to die to myself every single day and say, God, I am a vessel. My hands are open. My heart is open. I want to be able to say, as Paul said in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. Ask yourself that question each day as you get up. And you plan your day in your relationships with your spouse or your children or your coworkers. As you look at your finances, as you watch the news, or I should say, watch the quote unquote news. <laughs> I don't know if it's news anymore. We used to report facts at our country. Now we report editorial. Here's what you should believe, not hear the facts. And people just go, okay. No, no. I have been crucified with Christ. What I let into my eyes, what I let into my life through my eyes, I let in because Christ lives in me, not myself. What I let into my ears, I let in because Christ lives in me, not myself. How I love my children is because I do it in a way that Christ lives in me and not myself how I love my spouse, how I forgive my spouse, how I humbly come to the altar of forgiveness. I do that not because of who I am, but because of Christ who lives in me. Can I tell you, we can virtue signal all we want in this world and post anything we want or have beautiful conversations with people on the outside on how we're all these things. And you know, we go public and we publish stuff and we can go to conferences and we can shake everybody's hand and say, brother, I'm doing great. Everything's doing great. And Jesus would stand here before us and say, but you're not loving those near you, the way that I've called you to, because you're not dying to yourself. Are you living in a way that dies to yourself each and every day? Am I living in a way that I die to Christ? I die to myself so that Christ can live in me. Can Christ can live in me? If that makes sense, it's so important for us to understand this. This is a water bottle. If you're going to be spiritual, you can call it a vessel. Right? I doubt it existed at the time of Jesus in this form. But there were vessels. There were jugs. There were jars. There were cups. There were bowls. There were things that held water. right? Scripture says that our lives are like vessels. Your life is the vessel just like this. Your life, my life, is a vessel just like this. And we choose to fill it with different things in our lives. We can fill it with beautiful, pure water. And therefore, everything that we pour out around us is given beautiful water, right? or he can fill it with something gross and disgusting. And I walked through the children's area this morning with this cup, with this this vessel, and the kids, you know, because they're always wondering what's going on. Pastor Paul, what's that? And I said, it's water. No, it's not. That's disgusting. (laughs) And I said, I want you to drink some. I said, And they're going, no, that's disgusting. And I started opening it up, and they're like, we're not going to drink it. You know, and that's what they were doing, and I was walking through. Why? Because even a child recognizes that this is disgusting. And yet, our vessels, our vessels have capacity to either be filled with life or to be filled with death. And when we are called to be all in for Jesus, we're called to fill ourselves and allow God to fill ourselves with life. That's the way it's supposed to work in this world. Not so that one day we can say, this vessel would gladly die for you, because here's the thing. Bear with me for a minute. The vessel is still here, but now the vessel's empty. And that moment may come one day where this vessel has to give of itself. And when it gives of itself, it gives of itself completely, but there's nothing in it. You see, when God rings us, and I don't mean doorbell ring, I mean like rings us like a towel, what comes out of us? Nothing? Life? Or ourselves? What comes out of us. And I believe he's calling the church today to be a church that willingly says, I give myself away so that you can fill me with something new, something full of life, something full of hope, something that gets my eyes off of the present and myself and keeps my eyes focused on Jesus. That's so important for us to understand. People can hear this And you might listen and go, well, you know, I mean, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. I'm not here to give you a report card or to tell you what you are doing and what you're not. It's a challenge for me, and hopefully it's a challenge to you. When I look at my life and I look at my priorities throughout the week and I look at how much time I give to be crucified with Christ versus filled with the things of the world. So often I can find my empty vessel being filled with things that God wants nothing to be filled with. He doesn't want me to be filled with some of these things. This doesn't mean I'm being filled with sin all week. Oh, what is Pastor Paul doing during the week that he's being filled with all this nasty sinful stuff? Sometimes this is just humanness sometimes. You know? This could be, this could be, can I even say it? This could be like binge watching things. (gasps) This could be social media. Right? This could be Fox News. (laughs) Look at all of you. You're like, I'm totally done now. Two weeks ago you said something. Now I'm out of (laughs) here. It could be news. You know, look at that. Right? It could be. You fill yourself with enough of the same nonsense over and over again, you're going to look like what you're actually filling yourself with. You with me? You guys, it makes sense today, hopefully? This is what Jesus... (sighs) It could be any news just for the record. So I don't get any emails. Why didn't you say CNN? I just did. All right, Associated Press. There you go. Stick with that. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. There is a time that's coming in our church. And I mean the larger church and I mean the world around us. I believe God has used the last two years as a period of time to refine his church. I believe God has been using the last couple of years to really raise some things to the surface. And when he raises them to the surface, (laughs) if there's nothing else in our vessel, we feel empty, dead, and dry. But can I tell you, God wants you to be filled with something that's full of life and something that's new and something that's fresh and something that's from him He wants us to be full of life and purpose. He's created you to be a purpose. He's created the church to demonstrate the most beautiful example of what marriage should look like in this world. I don't need to look, nor should I look outside of the word of God to see what a healthy, honoring, God-purposed marriage looks like. When I'm following Jesus, my marriage should look that way. I don't need to go outside God's plan and purpose to understand his will, to know the correct and the incorrect way to parent. That doesn't mean we shouldn't read books and we shouldn't have other people to speak into our lives, but there is a way unto man which is wrong, and there is a way unto God which is right. And we know that by filling ourselves with the things of God. So the way we view marriage, the way we view parenting, the way we view love, the way we view stewardship, notice I didn't say wealth, I said stewardship, the way that we steward our wealth and our resources, the way that we view sin, the way that we view God, all of that is subject to understanding God. Because when we fill ourselves with the world, we see things differently and they're not always correct. There's a quote by a missionary lived many years ago in the early 1900s. His name was Watchman Nee. He was a missionary in China. And he said, hear with me, here with me, just listen, walk this through with me. Man's thought is always of the punishment that will come to him if he sins, right? Understand? Man's thought is always of the punishment that will come to him if he sins. God's thought is always of the glory man will miss if he sins. When we look at sin, we think of the punishment that comes because we've sinned. When we sin, God sees the glory that we miss because we sin. That is the perspective that we need to change and we need to walk in a new way with a fresh mind and a fresh thought. So how do we do this? Two quick things I'm going to mention. I have no slides for you to type or write or take a picture of. I just want you to hear two things on how we do this on a daily basis. The first first is to focus on your daily steps. Don't focus on your destination. If we want to walk in relationship with God and be all in each and every day, we focus on the daily steps. We don't focus on the destination, church. If you want to know how to walk in the way of God, if you ask your spouse if you're married, How can I show you that I'm all in, in this relationship? You know what they're going to tell you back up. You know what they're not going to tell you, make sure you buy me flowers in three months, they're going to say tomorrow, love me, respect me, revere me, be humble before me, listen to me, help me, serve me. That's what they're going to say. Probably a bunch of other things too but they're not going to tell you something that exists eight months from now that you need to do. They're going to tell you something today. As a parent, ask your children as children, ask your parents as friends, go to those that you know you need help with. If you're not married, go to friends and peers and people that trust you and you love them and ask them, how can I be more all in for Christ? Not in 10 years or 10 months, Or 10 days, how can I be all in for Christ tomorrow? And what you're going to find out is the answer is always about taking daily steps, not the final destination. Second thing I want you to think about is to walk in response to God's love for you. Because if all of what you ever hear today is, here's what you need to do, you'll miss the boat. Because if the goal of this is to change your behavior by just trying harder, we're all destined to fail. Paul gives us a beautiful insight into this foundational change in truth in Romans 12, one through two, when he says this, he talks to the Romans and he says, the Roman Christians, he says, therefore, brothers, I urge you in view of God's mercy, stop there for a second. What is he saying? So often we jump right to the next part and say, Romans 12, one through two says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Do this. It's your proper form of worship. Don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Good information, right? If you miss the first piece, it feels like work and a behavioral modification instead of a response to what God has already done for you. In view of God's mercy, in view of God's love for you, you know what the New Living Translation says here? It says, because of all he has done for you, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing before God. Offer your bodies today as a living sacrifice, not asking yourself if you will die for Jesus someday, but asking yourself if you will die to yourself today, tomorrow, every day. Why? How do I do this? I have found in my own life that when I am not walking all in with Christ it's not because I wouldn't give my life for him one day. That's not the case. I don't ever look at my life and think, if I have to choose one day, my wife and I, we've talked about this, because she looks at her family and she looks at her dad especially, and she goes, man, she goes, if that day comes and my dad has to choose between Jesus and this world, he's going to Jesus. And if it means his life is on the line, he's going to do it. And I remember she talked to me about it one time and I said, you're right, he would do it. And she said, and you would too. And I said, yes, I would. But that doesn't mean I'm all in for Jesus today. What it means is one day I might do something that's courageous and brave. So how do I work through that? I have to change my vision. I have to focus on what I'm seeing today. I have to focus on what I'm looking at today in view of God's mercy. Do you know what God's mercy is this morning church? I'm going to invite the worship team to come just to to get ready as we we wrap up our time here this morning. But do do you know what God's mercy looks like today? Let me tell you just briefly. When Paul writes in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies of a living sacrifice, what he's saying, he's saying you and I, you and I were unworthy of the beautiful gift that God gave us through his son, Jesus Christ. You and I were worthy of a punishment that never could be repaid by anything you and I could do in response. He's saying also, and this is, this is encouraging to me, though it's discouraging, God's mercy isn't just a once and done, but he continues to offer it to us. Why? Because I continue to fail before God. So in view of God's mercy, that he knew from the beginning of time that we would not choose him over ourselves, that God made a way in Genesis 3, a promise to put the pieces back together. He knew by giving them the law and the nation of Israel would walk according to the law that they would fail over and over and over and over again. Why? Because they're imperfect people. He knew every single step that when he brought his son To earth, Jesus came, Emmanuel, God with us. He knew that though God with us could be the savior of the world and though he would be welcomed by some and celebrated one day and killed the next, he knew that when his Holy Spirit came and indwelt our hearts and convicted us to live one way, that we would still at times choose our own way over God. All of those things didn't negate the fact that God is merciful to you and me that he continues to give option. He continues to give, repent, a heart of redemption. He continues to offer himself because his love for us is greater than anything we could ever hope for, ask for, and imagine. C.S. Lewis said, though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. And Augustine said, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. Think about that. He loves each of us as though there was only one of us. So the more that we understand and we see God's mercy bestowed upon you and I, each one of us, the more motivating it is for us to choose not to die for him someday, but to die to ourselves every day. That's what it means to be all in for Christ. This morning, the team is going to play this song. And can I, can I ask you, because I think The word of God spoken is supposed to be met with a response time. And I don't have a formula to what that looks like this morning, but I do want to ask if you would take a few moments and ask yourself, would I die for Jesus someday? And that's a great question. And you might be able to answer that question quickly, but the deeper question that might take a little more time is, am I willing to die for Jesus? I'm sorry, am I willing to die to myself every day? And if you invite the Holy Spirit this morning to speak to you and speak through you, he will put some things in your life to say, I know you love me and I know you want to grow closer to me, but here are the areas of your life that you're not dying to yourself for. Here are the things that need to be rebuilt. Here are the areas that need to be healed. Here are the relationships that need to be mended. Here is the sin that needs to be taken away. There's a reason why in the Old Testament, when the sacrifices were given to the nation of Israel or the instruction was given for the sacrifices, the instruction was for the prime most choice parts of the animal the pure animals and the prime parts of the animal to be offered in sacrifice to God. Do you know why? Not because God needs the most important part, but because he wants us to know that he is worth the very, very best we have to give him. That he doesn't look for us to just give him scraps. He wants the choice. That's why we talk about things like a tithe because it's the first fruits of what we earn. We give the first to God. We give the first to God in our resources. We give the first to God in their minds. We give our first to God in our finances. We give our first to God in our skills and our ability. If we walk through our lives giving God the scraps, we're not dying to ourselves. We're living for ourselves and asking God to bless it in Jesus' name and I challenge you this morning, not because the answer to this is do these things and follow these rules, and if you do them, you won't be punished. That's silly. It's like what Watchman Nee said. When we reorder our lives and we die to ourselves for the sake of living for Christ, we open the floodgates of the glory that God has for his people. We begin to know him in ways that we never knew before, and we begin to experience life in a way that we never knew ever could have experienced before. Do you know him? If you do, who do you live for? Who do I live for? Not when my, not when my life is over, but who do I live for today? And who will I live for tomorrow? Who will I give myself to? Do I give myself to myself or do I give myself to Jesus? So as the team sings this song, you're welcome to sit. You're welcome to come to the altar. You're welcome to reflect upon this. But can I just encourage you to take a few moments and ask yourself a real life challenging question. And ask the Lord to speak to you this week. God, who am I living for? Am I all in for you? What are you asking me to change and to do differently? Not so that I can feel better about myself and not walk in condemnation, but so that I can receive the glory that he has called me to walk in. God's heart is grieved when we don't experience all he has for us, but the opportunity is there and the offering is made known to each one of us. Father, I just pray this morning as we pray about being all in, that this morning, God, we would understand what it means to give ourselves away. May our hearts and our lives and our minds be honoring to you. And may we choose today to follow you over ourselves, to know you and to make you known. In Jesus' name we pray.